good to be in the house today. I just want to encourage you that in John, it tells us Jesus himself is telling us that there may be trouble and sorrows here in this world, but to take heart because he has overcome. And because he has overcome, we have overcome. Let's put our hands together and worship today.
why don't you do this while you turn to your neighbor and say, take heart, Jesus is here. Go ahead, let him know. And then you can go ahead and be seated. Welcome. Oh, we are so glad that you're here worshiping God with us. And uh, we want to take a moment and give it up for all those that are joining with us for the very first time in the building. Come on, give it up for those that are first time guests in the house. Welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and we want to make sure that you feel so connected, not just to the people that are around you, but we want you to feel connected to God. And so today, it's our treat, it's our joy and honor to be able to greet you and connect with you right after this service. If you'll take a minute, take out the connection card in the seat pocket in front of you, fill that out with whatever information you feel comfortable giving us. And then after the service, we have a guest reception prepared just for you. It's out these doors and to your left, you'll see a big sign that says guest reception. In there, some of our leaders will be waiting for you, ready to greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. So make sure to do that. We won't take up a bunch of your time. We just want to bless you and connect with you today. Obviously, you can see the QR code that's on the screen. You can use that as well to connect with us, or you can text D1TEXT to 84576. And um, listen, one of the things that you can do is to sign up to be a life group host. Now, some people think that that's really difficult. Like you gotta be a super spiritual, super Christian, uh, perfect and never having done anything wrong to ever be a life group host. I promise that's not how we do things around here. The way we try to get you connected is through relationships. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that today. But in connecting in relationships, this may be that you desire to have a coffee group. Or maybe you enjoy golf, and so you'd say, you know what, I golf once a week, and I got a few buddies that golf with me. Why not be a life group host of a golf group? We just want you to feel connected to people and build relationships. And uh, I promise you, one of the things that you may not know about this church, if you're brand new, some of the greatest people in all the world are seated right next to you here at Dothan First. Do you believe that? You know that. Yeah. So what we want you to do is feel that relationship and get to know the people that are around you. Life groups are the way to do that and life group hosts are the way to do that. Well, you know, we've been in 21 days of prayer and fasting and God has done amazing things. As a matter of fact, next week, well, let me say this. This Wednesday, we have our normal Wednesday service, but it's, there's nothing that's been normal about it because God's been showing up in a powerful way in our prayer times and our worship time. We're going to have that one more time this Wednesday and then next Sunday. Listen, you, turn to your neighbor and just tell them you don't want to miss next Sunday. Just tell them right now, you don't want to miss next Sunday. And the reason being, we have, first of all, a very special announcement at the end of the service that I want to share with you that the whole church is going to throw a party for and celebrate about. It's going to be awesome. And so you don't want to miss next week for that. And then in the evening, we're going to have a special night of worship. I'm believing for breakthrough in this house. I'm believing for healing miracles. I'm believing for God to show up in a powerful way like he never has before in 2024. And so I invite you to be a part with us this next Sunday. Well, listen, before we go any further, you may not know this, but we have a hero of faith in our house today. A hero of faith. And Jeff and his wife and children uh, who have served on the mission field for now 23 years 
in, in Tanzania. And yeah, come on, yeah. 23 years in Tanzania. Now, many of you were here last week and you filled out these cards that said faith promise on it. And you said, by God's grace and God's mercy, I want to help reach people around the world. Well, guess what? This is one of those that we've helped since 2001. Since 2001, we have been serving with and supporting and partnering with this family and Dothan First has been a blessing to them. But listen, I want you to be a significant, encouraging blessing to Jeff Garrett as he comes. Can you stand to your feet and give our hero missionary a huge round of applause? I love you, buddy. Love you, Pastor Mark. Thank you so very, very much, Pastor Mark. My family and I, we are so grateful for you and for you, Dothan. First, Assembly of God, for your partnership with us in reaching Tanzania for Jesus, for your vision and passion in reaching and discipling those both near and far with the gospel of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My family and I, we have been missionaries to Tanzania since 2001. My wife, Wendy, she came to Christ and was called to be a missionary at the age of five through her church's bus and children's ministry. I came to Christ following vacation, uh, during vacation by Bible school following my kindergarten year was called into full-time ministry in second grade and then knew that the Lord was calling me into missions as I made my way in, into eighth grade. We first made our way to Tanzania with a two-year-old and a nine-month-old and now we have three boys and three girls ranging in age from 23 to 7 proving that the soil of Tanzania is rich and fertile. <laughs> for getting a harvest of children. My family and I, we work in close partnership with Dr. Barnabas Mtokambali, who serves as, a, as the top leader of the Tanzania Assemblies of God, as the general superintendent of the TAG, as we say. And he says that the key to bringing in and conserving the harvest in Tanzania and around the world is nurturing the call of God upon the lives of our pastors and upon the lives of our church members. When Dr. Mtokambali was just 19 years old, studying in school, a man walked up to him saying, you know, you will read that science book and you will finish it. But I have a book that you will never finish and it will transform your life for all eternity. So he started reading the Bible. He gave his life to Christ, was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He began sharing the gospel everywhere he went, and he enrolled in Bible college. In 1986, he planted his first church in the little village town of Morogoro, Tanzania, which he continues to pastor even today as the general superintendent of the TAG. From that one church, he and his congregation have now planted more than 400 daughter churches and have raised up 85% of the pastors for those churches from within that one local church. Hallelujah. What he has done at a local level, he is now doing at a national level as he leads the TAG by example. Under his leadership, together with your Dothan First Partnership, the TAG has grown from a half a million to more than five million members, including children and youth, in a country of 61 million people. And from 2,600 pastors and churches in 2009 to now over 14,600 pastors and churches today. 
and the TAG is on target to grow to 25 million members, 40,000 churches, 45,000 pastors, and at least 200 TAG missionary families sent out around the world by 2033. Psalm 108 verse 13 says that together with the Lord, we will do great things. As we say in Swahili, that we includes you here at Dothan First Assembly of God, who are partnered with the TAG through us as AGWM, Assemblies of God World Mission missionaries. It is through our partnership together with the Lord that water wells are being drilled. Churches are being planted. Bible colleges are being expanded with new classrooms, with much-needed dormitories, with newly renovated and large libraries, with medical and maternity clinics for both student pastors and surrounding villagers, with chapels that function as campus churches to the surrounding villagers and as venues for national TAG meetings. Also, new seminary buildings have been constructed New seminaries like ACTS, A-C-T-S, Africa's Continental Theological Seminary, which is located on the campus of Central Bible College in Dodoma and is home to the TAG's master's and doctoral programs. And so much more is being accomplished, including the development of the TAG's 71 church planting schools, which you helped us to build one of those in Muandamu, Dodoma, Tanzania, to God be the glory. And also, there's seven Bible college campuses which are strategically positioned across Tanzania. Since 2010, these church planting schools have graduated more than 12,000 newly called pastors, men and women, young and old, who at graduation are, commit, are commissioned to plant their first church within the next 12 months. Once their church is established, they can then attend one of the TAG's seven Bible colleges, which further equips them to make disciples who make disciples, to raise up pastors who in turn raise up other pastors, and to plant churches that plant other churches. And these church planting schools and Bible colleges prepare and send them out for a lifetime of ministry as shown in this ordination service. over 600 TAG pastors being ordained, getting ready to be commissioned and sent out for greater fruitfulness, for greater service in the harvest fields of Tanzania. And you, Dothan First, are so very much a part of that. I'm reminded here of our dear friend, Pastor Anna, who graduated from one of our 71 TAG church planting schools. She moved out among the Wabedabite tribe on the backside of nowhere and planted a TAG church among them in the village of Kutish. This is truly amazing because the Wabedabite tribe is a warrior tribe, much like the world-renowned Maasai tribe. A big difference between these two tribes is that traditionally, as a rite of passage to manhood, Maasai boys are expected to kill a lion, while Benabite boys, however, are commissioned to kill a man from another tribe. And now, the Wabedabite tribe, this fierce and murderous tribe, is coming to Jesus. 
We were with Pastor Anna doing an open-air children's service with a ministry team from here in the U.S. The service was interpreted from English to Swahili to Kibanabai because the older generation does not know Swahili, the national language of Tanzania. After we finished praying with the children, as we were packing up our sound equipment, about a dozen older Wabedabite men and women came forward for prayer and salvation, and this is what happened. This woman is not praying in her mother tongue, Kibetabai, for she has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and she is now a disciple who is making other disciples in the village of Kutish. Hallelujah. You see, revival is all about being disciples who make disciples, who in turn make other disciples. That's what the TAG is doing in Tanzania across the African continent and around the world. And making disciples is what Dothan First is doing. Discipleship is the very heart of God. And discipleship is in your DNA as disciples of Jesus, as Dothan First missions partners. You are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among the nations. This morning, I want to thank you, Dothan First. I want to thank you for giving Tanzania and beyond, for giving Africa and the whole wide world your very best. You see, the junk of the world, the cheapest and the worst, makes its way to developing nations like Tanzania. But you, like Jesus, you always give your very best so that the gospel can go out all over Dothan, across Alabama, across the United States, and around the world. Because of churches like you, we can say Tanzania for Jesus. We can say Africa for Jesus. We can even say the whole wide world for Jesus. I was in Singida, Tanzania with an evangelistic team from here in the U.S. doing a TAG pastor seminar in the mornings and holding eight days of open-air services in the evenings. In between the morning seminar and the evening services, we would have lunch at the hotel where we were staying. One day after finishing up lunch, as we sat around the table talking, waiting for the waiter to bring the bill and to remove the dishes that I had our leftovers on, on them, an elderly woman came walking up to us with a big smile on her face. She was missing teeth, and I could tell from the way she was dressed that she had very little. She was poor, very poor. As she walked up to us, she began pointing at us and then pointing at herself, something like this. All of this happened in a matter of seconds. We didn't have time to figure out what she was pointing at. And then she did the unthinkable. She reached over the banister of the outside dining area. She grabbed the sour red the sour green watermelon rind that I had left over from eating the sweet red watermelon. And she took that watermelon rind and began to scrape with her gums and teeth whatever she could get from that rind. And then she walked a few steps backwards from us and quickly disappeared into the fast-moving crowd along the sidewalk. In that moment, the Lord spoke to my heart. 
He spoke to my heart saying, don't you give Tanzania your leftovers. Give them your very best. For when you do it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. I stand here this morning to say to you, Dothan first, thank you. Thank you for giving the nations and your neighbors your very best. Thank you for giving Jesus your very best. You do so because you are his disciples. And making disciples is your vision and passion. Your commitment to missions is tangible evidence of your vision and passion to be disciples who make disciples. Some of you may be wondering, does my missions giving really matter? Let's imagine, if you will, dining at your favorite restaurant with four seats at the table. At one seat, you have a 19-year-old Tanzanian by the name of Barnabas Mtokobali, who has just received the Lord, been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and has accepted the call of God upon, upon his life to preach the gospel and to plant churches. He doesn't know it, but one day he will lead one of the greatest church planting movements of the 21st century and millions upon millions will come to know Jesus. At the second seat is a young lady by the name of Anna, whom the Lord is calling to reach one of the fierce and most murderous tribes in all of Tanzania. She envisions what better by men and women, boys and girls coming to Jesus she doesn't know all the details as to how this was, will happen. All she knows is that Jesus is calling her to go and make disciples of the Wabedabite people in Kutish. At the third seat is a nameless street lady who is very poor and elderly. We have no idea why she is living on the streets. She normally spends day after day respectfully waiting in the shadows until couples and families have finished their restaurant meals before she quickly peeks through the leftovers. But not today. Today she is seated at the table with Barnabas and with Anna, enjoying the most delicious meal of her life, for which she has no idea as to how she will pay for that meal. And then there's the fourth chair. As we know, someone has to pay the bill for this most marvelous meal. And that's the seat in which you, as Dothan First Missions Partners, have the privilege of sitting. That elderly lady sitting next to us on our left definitely can't afford to pay her portion of the bill. And we don't want her disappearing back into the crowd as she has done year after year. We look across the table and we hear Anna's unquenchable passion for reaching people who seem so unreachable, yet for whom Christ died. And then there's Mtokambali sitting next to us on our right. And he can't stop pouring out of his heart with his eyes wide and full of faith and vision, declaring Tanzania for Jesus. The beauty of this moment is that you and I together have the privilege of raising our hand and saying to the Lord, I'll get the bill. I'll get the bill. This is an Isaiah 6 moment where the Lord is calling out, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Who will take the bill? Who will pay the price? That's the significance and beauty of your Dothan First Faith Promise Missions Giving. 
1 John 5, 4 declares that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Revelation 12, 11 testifies that they overcame the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. No one can stop the church. No one can stop us from being disciples who make disciples. We have absolutely nothing to fear in sharing Christ's glorious good news with others. For if they wound us, Jesus will heal us. If they kill us, he will raise us from the dead. As we sang this morning, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 mandates that we be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our labor in the Lord, even in the nasty here and now, is never in vain. So by faith... By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, we pray, we give, we go, we witness, we preach, we worship, we move to reach the nations, to reach our next door neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we do so because Jesus not only made a way, he is the way. He not only brings truth, he is truth. And he not only gives life, he is the resurrection and the life. Tanzania for Jesus. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Come on, can you give it up for one of our amazing missionaries? Friends, this is just one of the 70 missionaries that you support every single month because of your faith promise and because of your giving. And I want to say on behalf of Dothan First, I know some of us have gone to Tanzania to be with you to help uh, to build one of those 71 church planting schools that, that are there, that's there in Tanzania. But I want you to know that we're with you every step of the way in prayer and in support. As we have been since 2001, we continue on because we know the work is not yet done. Would you stretch out your hands toward this amazing missionary and leader, Lord Jesus? We pray over Jeff and Wendy and the children, and we pray Tanzania for Jesus. We thank you, God, for the post on the wall that they hold. God, I thank you for the significant ministry that they are continuing to perpetuate the gospel message that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God, I pray for the unreached people groups and some of the tribal groups that have not yet been reached. I pray in Jesus' name, would you by your Holy Spirit go ahead of them and blaze a trail for these missionaries to go into tribal groups that have never yet never heard the name Jesus and let them find Jesus. Let them know Jesus and let them be changed for eternity. God, I pray for not only a, a financial miracle for Jeff and for his family, but I pray for stamina and strength and encouragement. God, I pray for the continuation of prayer support that we would lift up our missionaries and that, Lord, they're not just uh, nameless or faceless in, in our community, but in Dothan first, they are our family. And we speak life over them as we send them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to know that one of the things that we do here, and for some of you, this is the first time that you've given to Kingdom Builders. So this is the first missions emphasis that we've given uh, last week and, and then this week just giving you a report. 
but many, so many of you filled out those faith promise cards and thank you. And if you didn't get to or you held on to that, you can always turn that in on the way out or there's, they're on the table. If you want to be a partner with us in ministering to families like this who are doing the work of the ministry, we're honored to support them. I know that out in the foyer on the left-hand side, they're going to be stationed there with some prayer cards. They also have a, a special water bottle with a diffuser, and I just had it behind me. I know it, it, it disappeared, but that's okay because you'll see it when you walk out. Uh, but it's a special uh, Tanzanian uh, water bottle with a diffuser that helps with teas, chai tea in particular. Uh, and on warm days like this, it's, uh, you know, we, we have warm days like this all the time here in Alabama. It's, it doesn't get above like 30 degrees in Alabama. I, I, just kidding, guys. This is freezing cold weather for me as a Michigan boy. Uh, but a chai tea would be kind of nice on a cold day like this. But... But on your way out, I encourage you to give, I think it's a $20 donation or more or much more that you can do. But if you'd like to give to their ministry specifically through Kingdom Builders, uh, I'm going to encourage you. We're, we're coming to a place where we're about ready to give. How many of you thank God that he's blessed you? He's been good to you. He's been faithful to you. God has blessed you. And so we get to give. The five ways that we give are on the screens. We don't pass a plate, but you can give uh, if you have a specific gift that you want to write the word kingdom builders. That'll let us know where this uh, specifically will go through kingdom builders to minister to Tanzania specifically today. But we're going to pray over this time of giving. And I'm going to believe God that not just Tanzania for Jesus but Alabama for Jesus. Lord, we thank you for partnership around the world. We thank you for great missionaries who, who build the kingdom of God around the world. And now I pray you would do something strategic in this house. You would bless those who are blessing the kingdom of God. And I pray that even over this time of giving, that you would give seed to the sower that you make all grace abound to us and in all things at all times, having all that we could ever need, we would abound in every good work. And I bless these, your people, as they give in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I said, you can use the giving envelopes if you need giving credit and you can worship on the way out at the giving boxes. You can just place that in there. Or if you forgot to or didn't even know about partnering with us this year for Kingdom Builders, missionaries around the world, you can simply fill that out, turn that in the giving boxes as well. Well, I'm going to invite our elders, your elders and prayer partners. If you'd make your way toward our stations of prayer right now, We've got our prayer wall in the back over here and on this side and on this side. They're going to be standing near those exit signs back there. And then there'll be one sta stationed right up here in our balcony. If you have a prayer need of any kind, we're believing for miracles to take place, not just in Tanzania, but in your life as well. If you need healing physically, the Bible says, here's the biblical model. Go to the elders of the church. Let them pray a prayer of faith over you and watch what God can do. If you have a prayer need that you just wanna write down, you can go back to the prayer wall and write that out. If you've got an answer to prayer, there's a testimony in your life and you've already got that listed on the prayer wall, put a big red heart on there letting us know. We've gotten so many miracle reports of answered prayers since we started that uh, prayer wall and I thank God for every answered 
prayer. Would you stand up with us and let's worship the King together in song. If you want to slip out from where you're at to receive prayer, your elders are waiting on you.
satisfy us but you Lord God I pray that you would take away distractions and desires for other things that aren't you Lord that we would crave to see you crave your holiness crave your presence Lord I pray that this will be true of us Lord that we don't want anything else we don't need anyone else God but you so today, Jesus, we set our eyes, our focus on you. Speak to our hearts today. Continue to walk beside us, Lord, as we trust you. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This new year, we cry out to you one who restores broken hearts, who refreshes tired spirits, who makes all things new. Let our faith and hope be born again today. Help us to let go of the past, stop looking back and turn our eyes toward you. We are here today in full acceptance of who we've been, but also in hopeful expectation of who you're shaping us to be. Let your love work in us so you can better work through us. We stand ready, ready to embrace all you have for our lives, ready to do your will ready to witness the wonders of your mighty hand, ready to share the redeeming love, the perfect grace, the life-changing salvation you have given us. So today, we lift up our voices in praise to the one who washes away our failures, who wipes away our fear and doubt, to the almighty God who makes all things new. help if I turn my microphone on. Can you take a moment and thank God that he makes all things new? Hey, can you give it up for those that are watching with us online right now, our online campus? Welcome. We're so glad you're choosing to worship God with us. And we pray that if you're ever in this Dothan area, that you'll come out and be a part of these amazing services because God is doing great things in this house and so we invite you to be a part. Well, listen, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you grab your copy of God's Word? Say this with me. Say, I am, I am 
what God's word says I am. I can do what God's word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's word, I'll receive God's word, and I'll obey God's word because I love his word. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's cold outside, but it's nice and warm in here. <laughs> Woo, I'm serious. It is bitter for this Michigan boy. But you know what? I am so glad that it's only for a few more weeks and then it's going to get warm again. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm so, so grateful to God looking back over the past month of mission work that you've put your hands to. You've given of yourself faithfully. You've given of yourself sacrificially. Going back to the, the, the ministry that you provided to giving families in need, giving them food, during, especially during our Thanksgiving holiday and during that blessing during Feed Dothan. And then into the Christmas season, giving to foster children and a hallway filled with toys and bicycles. And you didn't just get the small little toys, the dime store toys. You got expensive gifts for these children who are in foster care and, and would not have had a Christmas if it had not been for you. And then into this now, this season of giving as we launch into and prepare for this Kingdom Builders year to see what could God do through us to reach the world from right here in Dothan? Well, we're in this series called Start Now, and we, we want to start off this year the right way so that we could finish well. We're running a spiritual race. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. I don't want you to get tired and weary in the middle. I want you to stand firm in your faith, believing with me that God can not only change your life, but the lives of your family, friends, coworkers, and this whole city because you found Jesus. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to 2 John chapter 1. We're going to look at verse 8. That's been the anchor verse for this series. And as we go into it, I want you to be reminded that we here at Dothan First are continuing to be serious about spiritual growth. But you need to realize spiritual growth is a choice. It must be intentional. And so this year, we started right back at the very basics. We wanted to bring you back to the basics of Christianity so that you could finish well. And today, I want to teach you how to maintain momentum so you, continue, so you can continue to grow. Let's talk about it. Second John chapter 1, verse 8, it says, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Watch out you, that you do not lose what you've worked for so that you may be rewarded fully. God says, if you want to be rewarded fully, and I don't know of anybody who's worked their life that doesn't want to be rewarded fully, but especially if you've gone through hardship or trial or struggle or pain or through crisis, you want to be rewarded fully. This is the way to do it. It's these first two words, watch out. You got to watch out that you don't get tripped up along the way, and that's the way we get rewarded 
fully. I don't want you to lose what you've gained spiritually. Friends, you've gained ground. Praise God for that. You're here. You're focused. You love Jesus. You're doing your best. You're reading your Bible. You're praying every day. You're supporting during this 21 days of prayer and fasting. You're following us on social media and a, a daily video of a prayer support that we're giving. You followed along. You're giving to kingdom builders. You're, you're going above and beyond. You've made it this far. Don't give up. The reason that I believe this message is so timely and so critical is I believe we're about ready to step into some things into this year that may be challenging. That, that it's almost like in our neighborhood, uh, what they did was they put in speed bumps, but they're not very visible, especially at night. And so what happens is these neighbors, and especially if they invite friends to come to our neighborhood, they come driving through and they're going at 25 miles an hour, even if it's just 25. And some people go 30 and 35 or whatever, but they're going at a, at a clip. They're going at a fast pace and they hit the speed bump and they look like the General Lee. You remember this in the Dukes of Hazard? You know what I'm talking about? They didn't see it coming. It caught them off guard and it almost wrecked their car. Let me tell you something, friends. In this world right now, there are, th there are speed bumps that Satan has put out as a trap. The enemy has put it out and you're going at a good clip. You're going, everything's going well. You're spiritually motivated and you got some momentum. I want to help you maintain that momentum without losing ground and to be able to show you the, the areas that the enemy's trying to put out a trap for you. I encourage you to set faith goals this year. Faith goals, they're statements. Goals are, are statements of faith, but they have to have a date and a deadline. Otherwise, it's just a dream, right? So there's got to be something that you put down in paper, in writing, that you, you write the vision and that you make it plain. That's what the Bible talks about. And during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'm believing you will have more clarity than ever before. That God's going to speak to you like never before to your spirit. But you need to understand, I know this is the first question most people ask. Well, what if I fall short of the goal? Well, let me tell you this. I don't know of any Christian who has ever walked the spiritual walk that, didn't ha that had an unbroken string of successes with no struggle, no suffering, no sorrow, and no sin. This is bound to happen. The spiritual growth is a curvy road. It's jagged with twists and turns. But I want you to know the definition of success is the progressive achievement of God's goals in God's time. I just want to see you have the right trajectory spiritually. Today, as I said, we're going back to basics. And if I'm going to tell you what hinders you, right? That's what the Bible says in Galatians. It says, you are running so well. Who tripped you up? What hindered you? What speed bump stopped you and slowed you down? We're going to talk about what trips you up. And what trips you up is temptation. Tripped up by temptation. And then what happens is temptation then turns into sin and sin stops us from reaching God's goals. So what do you do? Well, first of all, the Bible says we got to run from temptation. Listen, what you feed grows, what you starve dies. So you have to know what you're putting in because what you put in eventually comes out. The Bible doesn't promise us a temptation-free life, but it does 
tell us and promise us that we will have a victorious life in Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 talks about uh, walking in the spirit so that we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It doesn't say, listen, it doesn't say you won't have the lust of the flesh. It just says that you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. We will have natural attractions toward things. We just don't need to give in to those things. Be careful, by the way, as you grow as a believer. I can just tell you, the older I get in Christianity, and I know some of you are newer to the faith, newer to your Christian experience, and some of you have been around church and around Jesus for a very, very long time. And what we tend to do in our super spirituality is we trade one vice for another, right? We're not out in the party scene. We're not out clubbing anymore. We're not out doing drugs, right? We're not throwing back uh, bottles of gin and whatever else that you used to do, however you used to party. You're not doing that anymore, but you give in to the more spiritual sins like greed and gluttony (laughs) and gossip. It's all level ground at the foot of the cross, my friend. We don't want to trade one vice for another. And when these old temptations start to come back, sometimes people get intimidated when they're like, I've been a Christian this long. I should never be tempted by that anymore. Friends, who told you there's no more temptation when you say yes to Jesus? I want to teach you through relapse how God can use you. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. That means we've got to monitor and manage what's coming in, these temptations, and then hand them over to the Lord. The key is we've got to face and forsake those failures. Don't cover them up. Don't blame others. Don't excuse yourself. You own up to it. And then you turn it over to the Lord. All of us in this room want to be prosperous and successful. Proverbs 28, 13 says, people who conceal, everybody say conceal. People who conceal their sins will not, what? Prosper. But if you confess, everybody say confess. If you confess and turn from them, you'll receive mercy. You want a prosperous life? You want a successful life? Confess and turn. Though the righteous fall seven times, the Bible says, they'll get back up again. So the key to spiritual growth then is to renounce it and release it, to face it and forsake it. Don't let sins keep piling up. It's like taking out the garbage. Look, I've said it before in my household. I'll say it again in my household. Sometimes people will open up a full trash can with that lid popping open and they'll put things in it shove it down. It it doesn't shove all the way because even the top doesn't fold all the way back down. How many know that's time, that's a sign to take out the trash? Well, listen, just like the garbage pileup, the potential is there and it stinks and it's messy, so too is your Christian experience. We don't let those things pile up. We take it to the cross and we let him bring forgiveness. We admit it. And we quit it and forget it. We got to take personal self-evaluation and examination. This is what the Bible says. We do daily examination right at the end of every day. Lord, how did I do? Lord, how did I do today? Help me. 
We do a spot check like every Wednesday or every Sunday that we show up and we give you opportunity. Listen, when we invite you at the end of every service to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, yes, we're inviting first time people that don't know Jesus or have never heard the name Jesus or don't have any relationship with him. Yes, we're talking about uh, doing a, a, a self check for those who need to rededicate their lives to the Lord. But let me tell you something. If you are a 40, 50 or 60 year old Christian, that's your, your opportunity just like everyone else to make sure that you do your own spot check. Lord, have I been gossiping? Lord, have I been greedy? Lord, forgive me. It's an opportunity for us to come back. Lamentations 340 talks about examining your ways. It says, let us examine our ways, test them. And look at this. And what? Return. Everybody say return. To return to the Lord. 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one 31 says, if we examine ourselves, we will not be examined by God and judged in this way. So what he's saying is either you can judge yourself or God's going to do it. Which you want to choose, right? Now, I'm not telling you to beat yourself up and tear yourself down. I'm telling you to admit it to God. Say, thank you, God, for your forgiveness. Friends, he's waiting on you to show up. He knows it happened. It's not like it's outside of his watchful eye anyway. Psalm 10, uh, 103 rather, verses 3 and 4 says, He forgives all my sin. He heals all my diseases. He keeps me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercy. Listen, it doesn't say he criticizes me with judgment and contempt. It says he blesses me with love and mercy. God gave us what we need not what we deserve. He's, he, he's waiting on you to just show up. And again, I, I want to help you through those that have just kind of walked through a little relapse. Uh, they've got those besetting sins, those things that just keep kind of creeping in and coming up in their life over and over again. Don't give up. Don't fall back. Health and wholeness spiritually and spiritual maturity, it might for you look like three steps forward and then one step back. You might be looking like, at the end of this, your spiritual journey might be looking like you're doing the cha-cha. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but you're moving forward, at least one step forward, the trajectory of your spiritual maturity. You may naturally be tempted to control things. And I want you to know, you'll fight that in times of stress to want to control. In times of stress, you may be naturally tempted to lose your temper or to get angry or to use certain words or to be overly offended or to be overly sensitive or to, be, to allow bitterness to take place in your life. When you are under stress and duress, that's when the enemy wants to attack. When you're down, he wants to kick you. And you got to be watchful. You got to be mindful. You got to put up guardrails in your life. Now, what does God say when you relapse? He says, come on, not that sin again. I can't believe the same old sin. Can you not get creative and just sin some other way? I forgave you 999 times. Now you're coming to me with a thousand. I'm, I'm sick of you. Is that what God says? No, if you've been stumbling and struggling in an area of your life and you come to God and you say, God, one more time. Forgive me, cleanse me, make me clean. God's everlasting love never tires of forgiveness. God's the healer of the brokenhearted. And if you're brokenhearted over your sin today, 
you repent before God, which is a word picture. Repentance is you're walking this direction willfully towards sin and you stop. And repentance is turning your back on that sin and walking toward Christ. His loving arms are waiting for you. And if you've been struggling in areas of weakness or sin, I want you to know not only will we continue to pray for you, but this Wednesday night in particular, we're going to give opportunity. We're believing God for healing miracles. It's going to be a healing service. For those of you who've been battling sin or struggling in some way, we're believing God that we're going to take communion together. We're going to believe God to break off all those old things. Even today, we'll be believing God with you. But that special time of prayer that we have on Wednesday night, this Wednesday at 630, I invite you to be a part so that we can believe God with you for relational, financial, spiritual, and emotional healing in Jesus' name. The problem is people get so guilty after being tempted. They feel like I shouldn't be tempted. I should never be tempted. And then they struggle with that feeling. And, and listen, it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in. Hebrews 4.15 says this. Jesus was tempted in every way just like we are but did not sin. Every temptation Jesus experienced, all of them, all of them that are common to all of us. Temptation is not a sin. It's what you do with it right? Where does that bad thought come from? How many of you ever been like in, I mean, you're in prayer, you're reading the Bible, you're doing a devotional and all of a sudden this bad thought comes in your mind. Do you know where that comes from? It comes from Satan. All right. Now listen, when God gives you a good idea, it's called inspiration. When Satan gives you a bad idea, it's called temptation. You need to identify where these things come from. And when, as God gives you this great idea called inspiration, Satan tries to tempt you. He comes in with temptation to, and, and what you do with it determines whether it's right or wrong. Second Corinthians 10, 5 says, take captive. Everybody say captive. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That way, when you're in prayer and that bad thought comes in, you go, where does that come from? I identify. It comes from Satan. I can say, get out of here, Satan. You got no business in my mind. I'm taking that thought captive and I'm throwing it away. I'm putting it in a jail cell over here. You have no authority in my mind. Martin Luther said it like this. You can keep the birds from flying over your head, or you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair or on your bald head. <laughs> 1 John 2, 16 says it like this. For the world offers only craving for physical pleasure and craving for everything we see and the pride in our own achievements and possessions. These are not from Father God, but they're from this world. Some translations call it the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. How many of you know, no matter how super spiritual you feel in certain moments, even a sense, listen, of spiritual superiority is a picture of one of those three sins, the pride of life. Well, thank God I don't struggle like that sinner over there. They struggle with that sin. Whatever your that sin is that you're pointing your finger at, you got at least four of them pointing right back your way. Be careful. Be careful. Spiritual maturity is when I don't act on my attraction, but I act on my commitments to Christ. I act on my commitments. Look, 
I know sometimes we feel like doing certain things. I get that. Look, I get it. I'm a pastor and I get it. Like some people make you so mad, you just want to smack them. You just want to punch them right in the throat, man. You just want to do like this and say, move your face closer to me. You know what I'm saying? Come on, somebody. Hey, I get it. I'm like you, a fellow struggler. (laughs) But just because that's a natural inclination of yours doesn't mean you do it. That's what a little child does when they're immature. Someone takes their toy and they smack them. Right? But spiritual maturity says, no, we act on our commitments, not on our feelings. One of my favorite stories about Billy Graham, many of you know that I was a crusade director for Dave Reaver's ministry. That was my first assignment. And um, so I had the honor, we had on our board was Sterling Houston, who was the crusade director for Billy Graham. And he taught us so much. But I remember as a, I mean, I was a young man. I was in my early 20s and I'm sitting down with this great man of faith. And I was so nervous. I'm, I'm just telling you, I was a kid and this guy was a giant in my eyes spiritually. And the worship team can come as we close out. I, I was overwhelmed at the opportunity of being with a man who, now we all credit Billy Graham and rightly so, for all of the work that he did in ministry and all the evangelistic work that he did around the world and how many came to Christ under his ministry. But you, you also need to understand that Billy Graham wasn't alone. He had a team that was working with him and a lot of volunteers, some of you that helped out in Billy Graham Crusades many years ago. But Sterling Houston was his crusade coordinator. He was the one that was in charge of everything to make sure everything was right so that when Billy Graham stood up to preach the message, everything would be perfect. So here I am standing or sitting, eating with this great man of faith. And he begins to tell me a story about Billy Graham. Because in my mind as a 20-something, young 20-something, I'm thinking, well, Billy Graham don't have no temptations or sins or issues or struggles or problems. I mean, he's Billy Graham. And Sterling Houston began to tell me that uh, he, Billy Graham, had a request that in every hotel that he stayed in, that there must not be a television. That was, that was a criteria that he laid out. There, there, would be, there would not be a television in any room that Billy Graham stayed in. And so Sterling Houston did a great job of making sure that all TVs were unplugged and taken out of the room before Billy Graham would ever show up because he didn't want any temptations. After great crusades at, you know, getting in at 11 or midnight or 1 o'clock in the morning and some of the things on those channels, especially back in those days as you might flip through alone in a hotel room. Well, Sterling Houston missed it one time. Billy Graham showed up, it was late, and he walks into the room and there's a TV. Now, keep in mind, I, I know some of you in the new school, everything about a TV doesn't even make sense to you because you just watch it on your iPad or your cell phone or whatever. You do your streaming apps, but this is something called cable. <laughs> cable was connected to a cable, okay? I know this is crazy, but this is how it used to work. And TVs didn't used to be flat, They used to be a big box. 
Come on, somebody old school in the house. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? Cable was connected to a cable with a big old box. And it had that in these hotel rooms, they would be soldered into the television so no one would steal the TV. So Billy Graham got ready to move that TV by himself because he wasn't going to sleep in that room with that TV sitting there with that temptation there. And he grabbed the TV and he tried to pull and he realized there's the cord. So he thought, well, maybe I can just uh, unscrew the cord. And he couldn't do that. So he grabbed the cord and started to pull. All of a sudden, the drywall starts coming out. Yeah. You know what Billy Graham did? He took that, he yanked it as hard as he could, ripped drywall all the way down to the doorway, set that TV with the cord still on outside of his room. And that when, when the hotel uh, attendant came and found it and Sterling Houston was made aware of it, he went to Billy Graham and said, you, you ruined this, this beautiful room here. That you, can't, you can't ruin a hotel room. And he said, my credibility and integrity is worth way more than that drywall in this hotel room. Friends, can I explain to you? If you don't want to get stung, stay away from the bees hive, man. And that bees hive may be sitting in an office chair in a cubicle next to you at work. I'm just telling you. Bad, bad company corrupts good morals. There may be some friends. It's easier for friends sometimes to pull you down than it is for you to pull them up. And I want you to understand that there may be a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you absolutely positively know is not leading you in the right direction. They're not good for you if they're not leading you closer to Jesus. Because this is about eternity. You may need to close the door on some relationships. Well, I mean, won't that hot mama at work that always tells me I look good and I smell good, won't I offend her if I just kind of snub her and act like she's not there? Well, you got a wife at home and you need to make sure to snub her and close that door and shut it off and you need to get a different job if you have to to save that marriage. Are you following this? What are you willing to sell your integrity for? Friends, Jesus is here to set you free. But then he gives you the opportunity to walk out something called sanctification, which is the daily journey of spiritual maturity. Do you get the choice? He's not gonna hold a gun to your head. He's not going to make you do it, but he's going to bless you as you continue to walk with integrity. And he's waiting for you. If, you're, if you've relapsed, he's waiting with his arms outstretched, ready to receive you this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, in this room, we don't need to be tripped up. We need to be called up. And God, I ask in this room today, would you make yourself so known <laughs> Holy Spirit, would you go throughout this room? And God, would you do what you do best? Would you tap us on the areas of our heart that need to be opened and adjusted? I pray you'd forgive us and make us clean today. Wash us. Make us brand new. If that's you today and you'd say, Mark, with the heads bowed and eyes closed, if you'd say that's 
that's me today. Honestly, I've been struggling. I'm a fellow struggler. And it, it may not be sexual temptation. It may be uh, greed or pride. It could be anger issues, control issues, holding on to bitterness. I don't know what your deal is. And, and listen, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. It's all, all level ground at the foot of the cross. But today, whether you in the room or watching online, I'm encouraging you right now to make a willful choice to step toward Jesus, to make him Lord and Savior of every area. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And so today is your day for salvation, for redemption, for rededication. Today, this could be a first step, or for some of you, it might be a step that you've taken a hundred times, but take it one more time. Say yes to Jesus. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you and you say, Mark, that's me, include me in this closing prayer. Listen, I'm not here to embarrass you. It's not my heart to judge you. I simply want to invite you into this moment of transformation. If that's you, I want you to slip up your hand, say, Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. Yeah, all over this place. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. 20, 21. I'm just counting the hands that are going up. God bless you. Yeah. In the balcony, under the balcony, on the main floor, I'm just scanning. That's you today. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you. So many hands that have gone up. You can put your hands down. You know, God sees when you make that willful commitment. And I want to invite you into this prayer today to say yes to him. I want us all to pray this prayer out loud, but especially you who lifted your hands. Can you say this with me? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can you stand up all over this place and give God the praise that he deserves? And welcome to the family of God, those who made a commitment to Jesus. Come on, let's give God praise in this house today. the highest your name is the greatest your
He's holy. I'm going to dismiss our guest speaker and some of our leadership team. And as I mentioned before, they'll be available out in the foyer, ready to connect with you, share a little more about their ministry. I'd like for you to pick up one of their prayer cards so you can be praying for them. And for those of you who'd like to give specifically uh, to the digging of that water well, there's water bottles that are available on the left-hand side, and uh, they'll be available for a, a gift of $20 or more as donation to that ministry to stop those who are drinking dirty water to be able to give them clean and fresh drinking water through water wells. We thank God that we partner with missionaries who not only give Jesus, but give physical life as well as spiritual life. I wanna release you with this blessing. Don't forget this Wednesday, I'm believing God's gonna do great things in miracle measure this Wednesday at 6.30. And then next Sunday, as I said, you don't want to miss it. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have a big party. It's going to be amazing to celebrate all that God's done. Well, would you do this? Would you receive this blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many people as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family and your friends and your co-workers and those in your sphere of influence on social media. I bless you to be a blessing to this city and to give the love of Jesus away in as many ways as humanly possible. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.